the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live. God will rejoice over you with singing. That's how much He loves you, and that's how proud He is of you. Calling you by name, and when He sees you, you gladden His heart. You put a song in God's heart. Welcome to The Healing Word. This is a ministry of the Largo Community Church. Today, we're starting a new series titled, A New Level of Prayer where Pastor Jack Morris will take an in-depth look at the prayer of Jesus that he used to teach his disciples to pray, which is commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Let's go join Pastor Jack Morris now with an introduction of today's message. Today we're going into the sanctuary to start a new series entitled A New Level of Prayer. God answers prayer. I believe that you're a believer and you pray, you know how to pray. But I believe the Holy Spirit is going to lift us to a new level of prayer. This message is entitled, A New Level of Prayer. The whole series is entitled, A New Level of Prayer. We're going into the sanctuary, but just before we do, I wanna tell you about this book that I'm going to send out to you for an offer of any amount, then we'll go into the sanctuary for the message. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. For nearly 20 centuries, the Lord's Prayer has been one of the most beloved and best-known passages in the Bible. As it is in heaven. Although it spans just five verses in the New Testament, its beauty and serenity reassures our heart, strengthens our resolve, and leads us into a personal relationship with God the Father. As part of the current series, A New Level of Prayer, based on the book by author Philip Keller titled, A Layman Looks at the Lord's Prayer, Pastor Jack Morris is expounding on the profound and eternal concepts found in these truths on this week's Healing Word broadcasts. And we would like to offer this special book to you for a financial gift of any amount. To receive your copy of The Layman Looks at the Lord's Prayer, simply email your requests to contact us at thehealingwordministries.com and a church representative will respond to your request to receive your copy for a financial gift of any amount. Again, send your email request to contact us at thehealingwordministries.com now to receive your book. Thank you for your prayerful support, and may God bless you. Martin Luther got his hair cut very often. Martin Luther of the German Reformation. And uh, his barber was Peter Reschendorf. And Mr. Breschendorf asked Luther on one occasion advice on how to pray. Friend, if we knew how to pray. (laughs) And so Martin Luther wrote his directions, very simple directions on how to pray. And this is what he wrote, and he entitled it, 
a simple way to pray for Master Peter the barber. And what Luther pointed out to him was what I'm going to read to you right now. So, as a diligent and good barber, you must keep your thoughts, senses, and eyes precisely on the hair and scissors or razor, and not forget where you trimmed or shaved. For if you want to talk a lot and become distracted thinking about something else, you might well cut somebody's nose or mouth or even his throat. You know, a distracted barber is a dangerous barber. (laughs) Phil, you've never cut me one time that I can remember, and you've been doing it a lot of years. But I think we get the point. Prayer is something that we should not be distracted. And if we were looking into the eyes of the Almighty and talking to Him, and we're aware of that, I don't think we would become distracted. But we must think God and Father as we talk to the Lord. Now, prayer is first and foremost praise to the Lord. When we begin praying, we are to think of what He has already done and give praise and thanksgiving to Him. Corinne and I were on vacation, and we were in this, I'll call it a restaurant, I guess it was called a restaurant, but it was a little bit different. A lot of people were on vacation, and four couples were around the table. And we, uh, one table and four at this table, there were a lot of tables, but everyone, every table had about four couple, couples around it. And um, we talked and shared and got acquainted with each other's name and where we were from. And it was fun, really nice people. This lady on my left, you talk about being a talker. <laughs> Not only a talker, you know, I'm a little bit deaf now, but uh, I could hear every word and I think everybody else around us could hear every word. And, but she, she was a very nice lady, but she liked to talk. But when it came time to eat, they put the food before us the food that each one of us would order separately. She and her husband grabbed arms. She reared back, and I thought, oh, my. (laughs) But she prayed a silent prayer. And uh, after the prayer, I leaned over to the husband, and I said, I appreciate what you did. You prayed before you ate your food. And this is what he said to me. If we're not thankful for what we already have, how can we ask God for something new? And something else. So let's remember the testimonies that will give glory to the Lord and give thanks to Him as we begin to pray. Now, Corinne and I also pray, but we bowed. She reared back, that lady did, but she was very quiet in her prayer, but it was very inspiring, and there was a hush all around our table at that time. But He spoke up as loud as He could in a very conversational tone and said, if we don't thank God for what God has already given us, how can we ask God for anything else? And I say amen. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. So prayer begins with praise and with thanksgiving to the Lord. Prayer is a lot of things, but prayer is also communion with God. After we have given praise to the Lord, praise will bring the presence of God You will now begin to feel his closeness to you, which will help you focus on him. And then after we praise him, his presence comes. Now we come with communication 
with our petitions. Now we can talk about our hurts, our difficulties, our problems, our troubles. In, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says these words. The words of Jesus, and I'm quoting Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Now, most of the time, we think of that verse as pertaining to the unsaved. Jesus standing at a sinner's heart, knocking at the sinner's heart's door, trying to get into that sinner's life. But read it in its context. It's not sinners he's knocking at the heart's door. It's Christians. Look at it in context. Read the whole chapter and you'll find out it's the church, the Christian church of Laodicea. And Jesus is trying to get into that church. He's trying to get into our lives. And when he comes in, he will minister to that hurt, to that problem, to that difficulty. Jesus saw a church in need and said, I am here to help you. I'm knocking at your heart's door. That person that offended you, did you talk to Jesus about it first? That hurt, that trouble, take it to the Lord. When we do, our heart will open. The presence of Jesus will come in and address that need, and that need will go away. Friend, we'd rather talk about it and complain about it before we pray about it. And that problem will continue on in our thinking, perhaps for an indefinite period of time. The Lord is knocking at our heart's door. Somebody here this morning has a need, and the Lord is there knocking, wanting to come in, wanting to address it with you. You address it with him, and watch what happens. Notice what Andrew Murray says, the secret of power in life. The powers of the eternal world are at our disposal. The powers of the eternal world are at, there it is on the screen, are at our disposal. The power of the presence of God, letting Jesus come in. Now the Lord's Prayer is a model and this is how it can be done. The disciples went to Jesus and asked him, teach us how to pray. I read that, and I thought, isn't that marvelous? That is the only request the disciples ask of Jesus. Teach us how to pray. And notice, they didn't say, teach us how to perform miracles. Teach us how to be a church administrator. Teach us how to win souls. Teach us how to pray. Friend, the church needs to learn how to pray and not just say words from rote memory. You still with me? Because Jesus loves you and he wants to help you. And so the disciples ask, Lord, teach us how to pray. And this prayer that Jesus gave to them lifted them to a new level of prayer because they knew they were in a world that is cursed, a world of sin. They live among sinners. They themselves were sinners and saved by the grace of God. Friend, you can't live out there without Jesus and communion with Jesus. You can't live the Christian life. But you can because there's power in prayer. God answers prayer. So when they ask the, for this request, Lord, teach us how to pray. Notice verse 9, if your Bibles are open to Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, okay, 
No, he didn't say okay. He said, this then is how you should pray. I put the okay. You put that in parenthesis. This then is how you should pray. You want to know how to pray? This then is how you to do it. It's very simple. Like Andrew Murray said, prayer is so simple that the feeblest child can pray. And so Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Come on, read the rest of that verse 9 with me. Say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, I'm just that verse. Two words. What's the first word? Our. I want you to think of that word with me for just a moment. Maybe think about it for more than just a moment. Maybe to think about it all our Christian life long. Jesus chose that word. Now think about it. Jesus chose that word. Jesus was not a person of of, a lot of words, but every word chosen by the Holy Spirit that he spoke, he chose that word, our, our Father, our. If, If we knew that we were part of the family of God, truly knew it, our. Notice he didn't say, pray, my Father. Notice, if you look through that prayer, the word my, the word I, the word me, the word mine is not there. Why isn't it there? Because Jesus didn't put it there. That's why it isn't there. And that's not how we are to pray. Now, I don't know that there's any harm in praying my Father. I call God Father all the time because he is my Father. I believe you do also because he's your Father. But notice, he chose the word our Father who art in heaven. And if we knew that we were part of the family of God, I believe it would take care of all relationships. All relationships. There wouldn't be relationship problems if we knew who we are and who one, one another is. Friend, don't erect a wall that will exclude me and keep me out. I want to be where you are, and I want you to be where I am. And God has given us this international church. Let's work at it. Can you say amen? Amen. This is God's love to us. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Melanie Harris died. Remember Melanie Harris? We're going to have her picture on the screen. There she is. Oh, somebody else is there too. Melody, a dear, sweet lady. I don't believe that woman had a prejudiced cell in her body. I don't believe that. I I learned much from her, not from what she said, but how she lived and how she acted and how she was with people. She cared. She loved. When the ambulance came to pick her up at her home, her mother told me, and, and Velda chuckled a little bit, She said the ambulance people got out to put her in the ambulance and they said to her, now listen to them, she's dying. And the ambulance people said, how are you? And she says, her voice was high, she said, fine. She says, how are you? (laughs) She cared for people. She didn't see color. Now I'm sure she knew her colors. I'm not saying that. But there was something there 
that helped her to relate to everybody she touched and everybody who touched her. She was a very special person. Her sisters, three sisters, told people where they worked that their sister Melody died. And the people at their work asked, is there an organization that we can send money to in lieu of flowers? And her sisters thought of Change Point. Melanie loved the word of God. She loved the church. The sermons I preach here to you on Sunday morning, including this one, in about three weeks, will go out over the airways. She loved the word of God and she wanted everybody to love Jesus and be loved by Jesus. And so the sister says, let's give to this missionary purpose. Nothing would please my sister more than to get the word of God out. And hundreds of dollars have come in for Change Point at a time when Change Point really needs it. And then, thank you. And then, about a week later, Maurice Bugnosen died. There's Maurice. Some of you may remember Maurice. Maurice sang in the choir faithfully for years and years. And now, Herman Hines, where is Herman Hines? He's here somewhere. Oh, he's in Sunday school. What a place to be. A wonderful place to be. When Herman came into the church many years ago, Maurice was on the board of directors of the church. And I remember Maurice saying to me, people need and races need and cultures need to integrate. And we're trying to integrate, but then watch out, we might become responsible for putting up one of those walls that God doesn't want there. Let's think before we act. Maurice moved away to um, Haymarket, Virginia, and his daughter called me just a few days ago, sent an email to the church that was forwarded on to me, that her words, he left this church years ago, but she said, my dad was so devoted to the Largo Community Church, and I'm sure he went to other churches in the years he's been gone, but she says, we want the Largo Community Church, and in lieu of flowers, there it goes again, in lieu of flowers, we're going to send money to the church for missions. Friend, there are some people that are very sincere about being part of the body of Christ. They want to love and be loved. And they're going to work at loving and being loved. They're going to take their needs, their problems uh, their offenses, whatever it may be. They're going to take it to God for the unity of the saints. Now, let me tell you one prayer that Jesus prayed that was never answered. Have you ever prayed a prayer and it hasn't been answered? Can you think with me for a moment of the prayer that Jesus prayed? And to this day, it has not been answered. A prayer that he prayed 2,000 years ago. Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. Father, speaking of his disciples and the church, of which he is the head. Father, make them one, even as we are one. And today, there are literally, I think in the United States alone, possibly, well, I'm not going to give the figure, but there are literally thousands upon thousands, not just churches, but denominations And we keep dividing and we keep dividing and we keep dividing. Friend, there's something wrong. Let's answer Jesus' prayer. 
by loving one another. Notice the word again, our Father. Can you say our Father? Our Father. The second word is Father. Jesus called God Father. Do you know that Jesus was the only person in, uh, well, I th- there were others in the, in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, no one called Jesus Father. Jesus was the very first person that walked on this earth to refer to the Almighty as Father. And he called him Abba Father, which is Father. When you say Father, you're, you're saying Abba. Or when you say Abba, you're saying Father. But when you say Abba Father, Jesus knew of a dear, intimate, wonderful relationship with God. Friend, if I can't love God whom I have not seen, how can I love you whom I have seen? Isn't that Bible also? If we love God, we're going to love one another. Actually, Jesus called God Father. Are you listening to me? 170 times in the New Testament. And I'm sure he called God Father more than that. But that's what's recorded in the New Testament. Father. And Sunday after Sunday, we bow our heads and say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Pray it at home. Pray it at church. But remember, it's our Father who art in heaven. Mary Magdalene, on that first Easter Sunday morning, Jesus had risen from the dead. Jesus behind her. They entered into a conversation. When he spoke her name, she recognized him. And this is what he said to her. What he is saying to her was recorded by the Holy Spirit in the Bible. That means it has been said to us. Jesus said to her, go tell my brothers that I am returning to my father and their father to my God and their God. So Jesus now has given to you and to me the privilege of calling God Father. You have a wonderful dad. You do. He's in the heavens, but he's with us today by the power of the Holy Spirit. And do you know what it says in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17? That God will rejoice over you with singing. That's how much he loves you, and that's how proud he is of you. Calling you by name, and when he sees you, you gladden his heart. You put a song in God's heart. I will rejoice over you with singing. Our Father who art in heaven, in heaven, the creator, the almighty, the God that is above all gods, the most high God has come down to bless us, to unite us, to make us one, to put love in our hearts that will bond us together. And then Jesus goes back to heaven and he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And that place is going to be a mansion. Right now, God is singing about you. When he looks at you, when he looks at me, I I want us to come to this table in just a little while. And if there's any problem, any confession, anybody who's had their feelings hurt, when you come to this altar, remember Jesus and his love to you. When you remember love, and I remember love, I can't help but love back. And Jesus said, I'm going to heaven. My father is, is, according to Zephaniah, singing over you. He looks at you, doesn't see your sin. He sees that you're his child. It's Luke. It's my daughter. 
and I'm going to sing over you. And he said, I'm going to build a mansion for you. That's how much I love you. I'm not only going to take you to heaven, but I'm going to take you to the most beautiful and wonderful heaven. Mansions, mansions. This is what God has for us. The love of God knows no bounds and is available to anyone who will call upon his name. Why not go to him in prayer now and experience a relationship like the one Pastor Jack Moore spoke about today? And don't forget about this week's special offer to receive a copy of the book, A Layman Looks at the Lord's Prayer, which is available for any gift given to support the Healing Word Ministry. Email the church at contact us at thehealingwordministries.com to request your copy today. Before we go, here's Pastor Jack Morris with a special invitation. The Largo Community Church continues to worship on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. by way of live streaming. If there is ever a time when we need the church and the Christians need one another, it's now. To view the live streaming worship, go to the church's website, largocc.org. That's L-A-R-G-O-C-C dot org. Click on Watch Live on Sundays and let's worship the Lord together. L-A-R-G-O-C-C dot org. Be sure to tune in to WAVA tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.